This week's episode of I Was a Teenage Film Snob is not brought to you by 88 Films, but check them out. They're pretty cool. Welcome to I Was a Teenage Film Snob. I'm James Chalmers. And yes, you know, I was a teenage film snob. You've heard it every week and that intro is not going to change. Uh, by now, you will know the drill. Every week I sit down with a friend um, or family member, as you would have learned on the last episode, um, and talk about movies with them. Tonight's guest needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Uh, he is featured on every podcast I've ever done. He was there on Twoodcast almost 10 years ago. Um, he did an episode of Past the Remote as well. He might not have done... That's what she said. Um, but that's okay because he wasn't a big office guy now. But I know since then he has watched it all, which is great. Um, I've known this week's guest for almost 30 years. We've been friends since we were six years old. Um, and we have a deep history of film together. We uh, used to hang out on weekends and go to the video store and play video games and watch horror movies. He actually introduced me to horror films. Um, and uh, we even worked in a video store as well. We played guitars in a band together. Uh, we wanted to open our own video store together. Um, honestly, there's a million stories that we can tell, and we're only really going to scratch the surface, I think, this week. Um, now, he's uh, a very successful uh, entrepreneur. He created the games company Deadleaf Games. He released a couple of years ago Nom Nom Apocalypse and is now working on Junklands. Please welcome to the show, Josh Sacco. Hey, folks. <laughs> I gave this big intro, and then you're like, hey. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about successful entrepreneur. I would just say startup. <laughs> I, I I think if you get to work for yourself in the field that you want to, that's that's success to me. Like you don't need to be, you know, Jeff Bezos, multi-billionaire to be successful. I think <laughs> if you can pay the bills doing the thing that you love, then that's success. Yeah. I just when you said introduced to horror films, I I just remembered that movie Ghost Ship. And then um, <laughs> We were sitting there watching that uh, that person get cut in half, and then I can't remember if we got scared or whether we laughed. I can't remember. But uh, we were like, laughing our heads off because because there was that weird bit um, where like the line goes through someone and their shirt falls down, but like the rest look it's it's so weird. Um, you did because I remember for the longest time we used to hang out, and there were four of us in our group when we were teenagers and stuff. Um, and I did not like horror films; did not want to watch them. And you guys were like, "No, no, it's a rite of passage. As teenagers, we have to watch horror films." And I think the first thing you guys ever showed me was Tremors. And it was just because you were like, look, it's a comedy. Um, and then um, and then we graduated to, I want to say, The Faculty, um, which I was talking about to a friend to the other day because I haven't seen it in a while, but it's a great movie. Um, and then eventually, by the time I got into horror, by the time I finally graduated to horror, you guys were over it. You was like, I wouldn't care about horror anymore. And I was like, no. <laughs> um, but I, it stuck I, I remember Final Destination being a thing for a while. Oh, well. I don't know if you, remember, if you remember this. We watched Final Destination. It was the three or four of us in the, in the lounge room at our friend's house watching it. And when the best friend gets choked by the string in the bathtub, I literally like got to my feet. And you guys are like, what's wrong? And I was so scared. I was getting ready to run out the room. Ah. Uh, uh, that first, that first movie is is genuinely terrifying. The other ones are just gore fest, which is great. But that first one, like, even still gives me chills. Yeah. Um, we um yeah, as I was saying, there's a long history with us because like 
you know, we we you know we, we grew up together in primary school and, and then and then secondary school as well. But I think my favorite m- memories, at least movie related memories, is when we worked in the video store. Um, shout out to Video Easy Killer Downs uh, <laughs> with the Levent Besnick crew. <laughs> I, I felt like I was in a sitcom working there. It like, was the most dangerous job I've ever worked. And here's why. Because you and I were 17 and they were like, right, it's Saturday night. The store closes at 11. There's no legal guardians here. Here are the keys. Lock up. And like, it was just you and me. Like, and Killer Downs, for those who don't know, like, isn't a terrible area, but it does neighbour St Albans, um, where the rumours were for years that St Albans was so dangerous people burnt down the police station. Now that I think about it as an adult, probably not true. Um, but all I remember is, yeah, like, we just, like, get KFC and, like, take snacks from the snack bar and just, like, listen to heavy metal and, and watch movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, I don't want to say that we're the reason that video store shut down, but we certainly didn't help. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got one story. I can't remember if I told you or not, but um, I remember, like, there's this whole big late fee issue um, and this, this DVD had been going for, like, ages and I called the, this house and this uh, woman who didn't speak English picked I up. I remember this. This <laughs> is uh, not, not your shining moment, but yeah. No, no, it's, ter- it's a terrible story. Um and then they just hung up. And so I called back. I know I called the, the secondary number and they're like, no, no, this person has it. So I called back. Um, anyway, like I, I was getting frustrated because I couldn't deal with this thing and people were just mucking around the phones. Anyway, um, I got through. Uh, she was trying to like, they, they kept just mucking around and I was getting frustrated. And then someone else got the phone and and they're like, oh, this person doesn't understand. And I, was like, and I said something really terrible. Like, I was like, well, if they don't understand, then they shouldn't probably answer the phone. <laughs> and then this guy's like, that's my wife you're talking about. You yeah. had to say that I'm an ex-cop. And I was like, I was like, okay, whatever. I feel bad, but like, whatever, you know. And then I just hung up on, on him. And then like 20 minutes later, in versus guy, and he's like yelling at me. <laughs> Yeah. I'm standing there like shaking, going like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I like I didn't know what to do. Like I'm pretty sure I like shouted back at him at some stage when I was when I wasn't scared anymore. But <laughs> it, 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 like him just pointing and talking about like his like life history as a cop. <laughs> and then like I, I apologize, but like it it just wasn't a great moment, you know. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a rough area and you were 17 and like, I remember what I was like when I was 17, I was very angsty, like yeah. long hair, all black, all black clothes, like <laughs> listen to angry music. Um, and we thought we were kings of the world. Like, I don't I mean, I don't know if you did, but I really was like, man, this is, we're going to live here forever. Like, this is our time. <laughs> like, and I'm pretty literally... sure everyone feels like that at that age, though. Mm. But that was yeah. a great job. Like, no shade to my current job or even previous ones, but that, like, nothing comes close to that job. Like, yeah, we made nine bucks an hour um, and we only worked one day a week, but I don't know, man. Like, we could do whatever we wanted. Like, and, you know, I don't want to say the boss didn't care, but it really felt like he didn't because we probably got away with way more than we should have. Like, yeah. um, but, um, oh, that was great. Uh, well, even though I know pretty, uh, a pretty big part of your history, um, we always ask the question. I say, look, we all know I'm very open about it. I was a teenage film snob. But were you? When did you start getting into film and movies and stuff like that? Well, I think Dad introduced me to, like, the horror 
movie genre way too early. We're <laughs> 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 talking about like like a little kid. Um, I think I got nightmares from the blob. Um, and yep. <laughs> uh, Pet Cemetery was like Pet Cemetery was the 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 ones that gave me nightmare. I, I think I might have just accidentally saw it, but yeah, I had nightmares from that, and that's that's what I was exposed to, and probably defined what I liked um, yep. in the long yep. run. Um, but um, I, I don't know. Like uh, it depends. Like like religiously, I think like my my tastes change every five years. I think yep. I've, like, I feel like I've been a snob with a lot of things um, up until now. Like I've been pretty close-minded with a lot of films and stuff. Um, I do like my animated films, obviously. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, um, I know you have a strong horror background because your big thing, and this is my big thing as well, but like growing up was Goosebumps. Like I remember like there was the video, um, there was like the virtual CD-ROM game or whatever, like Escape from Horrorland. I remember that being a staple. Um but yeah, like that, that seemed to be a thing. It wasn't my family, but just about every other family I knew. And maybe it's just like our generation, but like the parents were like, hey, you can watch this film. It doesn't matter. Like, just watch it. Like, you can watch this horror film, like, too young, um, which is the kind of parent I hope to be for Zoe. Uh, my wife has told me that I'm not allowed to be that kind of parent, but we'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll sneak her some horror films. Um, but yeah, and I agree with the, the, the snob thing as well, because you knew me. Like, you knew me <laughs> like when I was studying film at school. Like, I was a snob. Um, but um, my, I did last year in 2021 during the pandemic. I was like, I'm going to be better. I'm just going to watch anything. And I was like, to test it, I will watch the Adam Sandler film Pixels. Um, and like, <laughs> if I can get through this, then I'm not a snob anymore. And I'll be honest, it was pretty good. Like, it's not going to change the world, but it was fun. Um, yeah, you need to get through art house movies. That's the real test. Well, I think, and I think I said this, to, I told, said this told story on the episode with Nick, but... Um, I think I'm falling out of my art house phase during um, the end of 2020 when Zoe was first born. I was I watched 280 no 380 films in 2020. Most of them were in the last four months of the year because I was on a new sleep schedule where I was up to three in the morning. Um, that might be part of the reason why I struggled. But I was just watching films like back to back to back, three four movies a night, and I was like, oh, I want to watch this movie um, Beyond the Black Rainbow, and it's directed by this um, Amer- this Greek director who also did um, Mandy. I don't know if you saw Mandy. It's a Nicolas Cage film and it's amazing. Um, he fights demons with a chainsaw. Like they have chainsaw sword fights. It's great. Um, but the director of that, his first one was called Beyond the Black Rainbow. I was like, right, here we go. I'm going to watch this one because this new film was great. This is going to be awesome. Ooh, and then I was like, I felt old. I was like, okay, maybe I can't do art house films anymore. <laughs> like it was just a wall of sound for two hours and like just weird imagery. I was like, oh no, okay, <laughs> let's put on Avengers again because that's going to be easy to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and were you a video yeah. store kid i know that we were like in our teens we definitely were video store kids but before like when you were growing up was that something that was kind of regular for you guys in your house yeah. Yeah. I, I just remembered also like I'm, i was a big I'm 80s movies as well like a total recall and all that so i was exposed to a lot of that um but yeah video store i was like we did go to the video store a lot and we always were allowed to pick like you know one new release and all that type of thing that was um that was what we were getting excited about um the other day when I was talking to Nick who's like you know one year release and four weeklies and I was like oh, what a bargain yes. that was you get all these movies um it's funny you mentioned Total Recall because again like as I've kind of said and I, I confronted my dad a little bit on his episode but I was, I was a bit softer on him than I wanted to be 
I was like, you yeah. know, I never got to watch any of the cool movies. Like all my friends got to watch the cool films, and I'm here, re- you know, rewatching Beverly Hills Ninja for the fourth time. Uh, which don't get me wrong, I love Beverly Hills Ninja. Like it holds yeah, up. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, you know, they're watching those cool action films. I was like, if there's a European-sounding surname and a machine gun, I didn't see it. Like <laughs> there was no Schwarzenegger, no Stallone, um, yeah. until and really until my twenties. Um, and anything that I did watch that wasn't suitable according to my parents, was because I had friends like you who were like, yeah, let's just watch this, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. I feel like it shaped you, though. Like, so it sort of, like, thrusted this passion sort of type of thing. It definitely did. And I 100% swear I would not be a Kevin Smith fan if it wasn't for the way I was raised. Like, if, I, if I'd if i been raised in a house where we could watch movies with swearing and, and violence and stuff, I probably, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have thought twice about Clerks. But because I've been, like, so sheltered, I saw that movie and I was like, oh, I've never seen anything like this before. That's amazing. And then I fell down the rabbit hole. So if my dad doesn't like what I'm watching now, it's his fault, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm constantly reminding him of. Um, yeah. I, remember, I remember, like, um, I was um, at Beck's house, uh, when she was living with her parents and we were just trying to find something to watch. And I was like, hey, that mole rats. I heard this one's good. Um, and we started watching it and then they sat there, they were like in the booth talking and we were just sitting there watching that long scene and it was just so awkward sitting there. Oh, is it the um, fortune, fortune teller scene with the three nipples? I don't know. They were just talking about sex for like... Oh, okay. Minutes. I was like, because there's a lot of long scenes in that movie that are all yeah. a bit awkward. Um, yeah. I just, I was like, okay, man, we should turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is the one downside is like, I never really had any of those awkward moments where I watched them as inappropriate and my parents walked in at the wrong time. Um, I think the closest I got was when I was um, 16 or 17. I was at my mum's house because after my parents got divorced, and I, I say this lovingly, but my mum stopped caring. She was like, watch whatever you want. Like, and that was the best green light I could get. I was like, yes, she stopped caring. Now I can watch all the things I want to watch. Now I can watch Kill Bill before I'm 18. Now I can watch Desperado before I'm 18. So like that was kind of, that was the, like if, if anything came positive out of my parents' divorce, it was I got to watch more movies. Um, and um, I remember uh, I I rented on DVD, oh, it might have been VHS even, um, Gangs of New York, the Scorsese film. Um, and my mom was like, you can watch this on your own. That's fine. She said, but there's one scene that you do need to come down and get me so you understand what it is. Um, and she didn't spell it out clearly, but I did not go and get her at all during that movie. And I'm pretty sure it was the broth scene. And I was like, I'm glad I didn't go. Like, why do you want to sit next to me during this brothel scene? <laughs> like, this is going to make for some really awkward, like, conversation. Um, but I think that film might have sparked my interest in, t- in cinematic violence. Like, I remember, like, that was the most violent film I'd seen uh, at the time. And I remember I tried to convince you guys to watch that. We were all on holiday, the four of us in Cobram one year. Um, And my dad had a pirated version of 8 Mile. Um, And you guys were like, yeah, yeah, let's watch this. And I wasn't allowed to watch it. Like, no, 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 I wasn't allowed to watch it because it's too much swearing. So I was like, all right, well, I was like, you know, I was like, guys, we can't watch that. Why don't we watch Gangs of New York? And you guys, like made so much fun of me because it was like an like it was considered like an art film because it was like an Oscar nominated film and like yeah. no hey Ma why would you watch that it's so lame I was like what are you talking about like it's violent the street fights and stuff but I didn't live it down for a while I was regularly the butt of the joke I think in that group just had some weird ideas of what we should do I don't know I think we all got a, a fair share 
I also cool. did drag us all to see League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in cinemas, and that's something I can never apologize enough for. I don't know. I watched it again years ago, and I was like, it's it's bad, but it's still good. Like it's like bad good. I haven't seen it since it came out in theaters. Since that time, we all saw it together, um, and part of me really wants to watch it again, but part of me is also like, look, that was Sean Connery's last movie. Like maybe I should go and watch the stuff I like him in as opposed. To... So, but. I will go. I'll, I'll give it another spin at some point. I just don't know when. Do you uh, know that Sean Connery always had this clause in his contracts that there had to be a big explosion in that the movie he was doing that was bigger than the last movie he was doing? Is and that right? Why, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I read. That's apparently that's why there was like this ridiculous explosion of like, or was it Venice exploding in League of Gentlemen? Oh, you might be right. I haven't seen it in so long, but it sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, if it's true, like they're like literally have to blow up like the whole place because like <laughs> it's the level that they were at for the contract. Yeah, they should have just cast him in Armageddon. Like that should have been his last movie. Like when they blow up <laughs> the meteor. Like what a yeah. great send off that would have been for him. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. I took you guys to some bad movies. Like I think, um, and not bad movies. Like because my opinion is there's no real bad movies. Like even like I enjoy everything, but I know like as far as the general audience is concerned. <laughs> not great movies. Like I dragged you guys to Van Helsing. Um, I think I dragged you guys to Chronicles of Riddick. Um, uh, like, just, just to interject, I, I like Van Helsing. I, I sort of bad, but it's still good. I thought yeah, it was it's Visually, it's aged poorly because some of those CG effects are like, wow, like that Frankenstein is tough to look at. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, like cause I remember, I think they came around at the same time as Underworld and I loved Underworld. So it was like, yeah, it's like yeah, the Matrix, yeah. sleek and leather and they got ultraviolet bullets. Um, and then we went to Van Helsing and because there was some humor, everyone was like, oh, this is way better than Underworld. I was like, oh, I like Underworld. Um, it's gone bad. I mean, look, there's Bill, five Bill of them. Bill Nye's head vampire. That guy can do no wrong. Like everything yeah. I see him in. Like we watch probably once a year Love Actually just because it's like one of the only Christmas movies that, you know, is quite entertaining to, to me at least. And Bill Nye, like as, as an aged rock star, is amazing. <laughs> he's so good yeah. in it. He's great in Shaun of the Dead, like um, Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Yeah, he's great in everything. Um, uh, I was trying to think of any other video store stories that we had, but I can't think of any, like, because it was just the same thing every week. Like, uh, the only thing I remember is that we were so, not, not mean, but we definitely picked on Tanya. Like who I who I love. She's one of my favorite people, and I haven't spoken to her so long. I should yeah. try and get her on the show actually, because she'd be great. But we would just like always play our medal, and she's like, "I like Kings of Leon." Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the, it was just so weird. Like I, like I said, the people that were regulars in that store, like even that Mark, was it Duncan or Mark? Who, yeah, well, he ended up working for us. He, yeah, he had, he was always. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. It was either you or Luke. Who was like. I just feel like he's always been playing sport. Like every time I see him, he's like just come from a run or something. Uh, yeah, he's always puffed. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Crazy. I just feel like we're in a sitcom because like the people who just walked in, they were like all characters. He was, yeah, it really was. Like you're right, like it was like living in a sitcom. There was that one guy, I can't remember, I don't remember his name, he's a customer, he's like a big guy. Um, and like whenever I remember we were playing Rage Against the Machine at one point, and he was just he came, he's like, oh. It starts like pretending to play the guitar along with the song and stuff. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, I love Julia Roberts, man. She does the greatest films, Julia Roberts. And I'm like, This voice and that name do not match up at all. Like, are you sure you don't want Fast and the Furious? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. 
I, I can't even remember. It's like a blip now in my mind. Um, uh-huh. I went in yeah. there, that store, only a couple more times. Like after it, after it closed down, um, someone else bought it. And uh, it's funny. So like the, the guy who ran it, who's sadly passed away since we worked there, um, his son went to school with us and then they, they you know, it went, went under and it was bought by someone else who also went to school with us. Um, and they, but the, they, you know, they remodeled it and it's half the size it was. Like they, so where the, the counter was or whatever, and I think they're like four aisles. So two of those aisles were just gone. It became like this really narrow store. It was only DVDs and a couple of Blu-rays. Um, there wasn't much at all. Um, and I remember like at a real low point, I was like, can I get a job? Because I thought, well, I used to work here and my parents know the person who owns this now, so I'm going to get a job again. I didn't even get an interview. They were just <laughs> like, they were like, no, it's too old. Uh, and my only like positive memory of that video store was I finally got to watch Human Centipede because of that store. And that was about it. Oh, <laughs> oh that movie. Uh, we, um, I haven't done a horror episode yet. I got a couple of people lined up who want to talk about horror movies, so, but I don't think anyone's got Human Centipede on their list. Uh, uh, I, I don't think I've ever watched it properly just because I have no interest in it whatsoever. It's, um, it's surprisingly tame. Like, the two, two is, is outrageous, but the first one is, is surprisingly tame. It's more the idea, and I guess I'm desensitized because I didn't even think about that, but I remember I was telling my wife, she's like, you can't, you can't tell me about this movie. Like, it's gross. And I was like, yeah, but you didn't even see it. And she's like, the idea of it. And I was like, I guess. Like, I guess I've watched too many horror films. Now I'm just desensitized. Yeah, um, yeah. We could talk about this all night, and we might talk about it more the next time you're on because you'll definitely be back. But let's, let's have a look at your list. So Josh has been charged with a simple task. Tell me your top five favorite movies, which, to be fair, I don't know. I honestly don't know what your top five favorite movies are. And you were like, should I tell you? I'm like, no, leave it a surprise because then we can talk yeah. about them. Um, oh. I almost was like going to do Tim Burton movies because I know that growing up you're a big Tim Burton fan, but I don't know whether you're a fan of his modern work or not. So I didn't want you to just be like, well, yeah. Edward's is a hands. Yeah. <laughs> it was really hard. Like I found like I, I'd probably like having like an actual like top five, like it, like, it was just really hard to pick, like, five of them that I wanted to talk about. So I probably got, like, easily ten um, that I could talk about. Um, but I'll start with number five, um, The Prestige. Wow. Surprise. You're going to be surprised. You will be surprised by my list. But um, I love this movie. I think it's uh, it's told really well. Um, yeah. I think it's done really well. And I, I really like the Victorian-esque sort of era. Um, I like the sort of magician sort of like style. I, I like that sort of stuff. Um, I, I like Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale in this movie. I like the twists. Um, I just like the whole movie. And I, I like that there's a twist, but then also the way it's told as well is like on top of that. And then they just put everything in front of you and you sort of got to slowly piece it together. The Prestige, I think, is Chris Nolan's underrated gem. Like, mm-hmm. everyone thinks about Dark Knight, which is a wonderful film. Dark Knight's not even my favourite Batman movie, but everyone thinks of Dark Knight. Everyone thinks of, like, um, uh, not, oh, Inception, I guess, and, and Memento, and those are kind of, like, the go-tos. And, like, everything is done. Like, everything, every time he makes a new movie, it gets bigger and bigger and becomes more popular. But I never hear him talk about The Prestige, which is a real shame, because I agree. It might be my favourite of his non-Batman films. It's so well-executed. Yeah. Um, the twist is great. Um, which you mentioned, for those who haven't seen The Prestige, it's, as, as Josh was kind of saying, it's about magicians in the 1800s or the early 1900s. And, you know, before we had technology to make magic work, they had to do, not real magic, but like they had to do like kind of 
dirty tricks and stuff to make them work, like that the bird cage crushing the bird and stuff, um, the yeah. drowning tanks. It's from I guess it's from that kind of Houdini era. Um, yeah. And it's it's so like encapsulated. You can't you can't like it grabs go away. You right away. It grabs you right away. <laughs> and they're throwing decoys at you all the time because like you're watching the character and they're reading the diary entry. Yes. Um, and then it turns out to be a decoy, so you're like. Like they're just messing with you and the the people on screen, so it just it just keeps you like, you know, engaged the entire movie. Like, and it's, it's really and it's such a great feud, like these two rival magicians trying to and like it's not good enough for them to be better than each other. They have to embarrass each other and they have to like cause pain to each other as well. Um, and it's such a huge like, again, not enough people talking about it. It's such a huge cast because yeah, you got Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale who are perfect. Um, you've got Scarlett Johansson, who's really, really good in it. You've got Michael Caine. Like, it's the best of Marvel and DC, really. <laughs> like, you got Batman yeah. and Alfred and, and Black Widow and, and Wolverine. Um, yeah. It's it's a solid choice. I wouldn't, I would not have guessed it was on your top five, but I think we have talked about it before. But um, yeah. oh, it's such a good movie. I, I rewatched it recently. When I say recent, in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, to make I was like, I just want to tell. Was am I right? Is it really as good as I remember it? And it absolutely is. It's it's so good. Yeah. I rewatched it last week and I was like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. Because um, there's a few twists and, like, it just, like, there's a twist and then there's another twist and then, yeah, it's really awesome. And, like, I like how you don't know who the villain is, you know, yes. until halfway through the movie. It's very neutral. You sort of see their, their journeys and they start, they start going down, each of them go down a direct path. Yeah. Um, it's really cool, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and you just said something and I don't know whether you... Actually, did or not? Because I remember we were talk- talking about getting together to record. You're like, I'm going to rewatch all the movies on my list. And I was like, you don't have to do any homework at all. But if you wanted, did you actually end up watching all five of them? No, because no, I couldn't. Okay, so like, I was gonna. I, I ran out of time because I, I got. I couldn't <laughs> find uh, uh, one of my. I just nearly said it. Um, I <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> find one of them. Um, and then because like I don't have anything. Yeah, I I just I didn't watch two, so I'm going to be a little bit rusty on two of them. That's but, okay. Um, yeah. We, um, I, I wanted we, to watch them again. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the last episode I did with Nick or a couple of episodes ago with, with Nick, we did the top five Scorsese films. He picked the category because I suggested Chris Nolan because I know he loves Nolan. He's like, no, let's mm-hmm. do Scorsese. I was like, oh, I was like, I'm rusty on Scorsese. Like I've seen a, lot, a few of them, but I'm not the world's – like I'm just – I don't dislike them. I just haven't watched a lot of them. And I had to bluff my way through talking about Casino. Like I'm like, this is this is my number four favorite, which is true, but I hadn't seen it in so long. I was like, yeah, it's basically like every other Scorsese, you know, Goodfellas type movie. And I sound like an idiot, so don't worry. Like you can be a little bit rusty. Um, I'm meant yeah. to be a film snob, but I really like <laughs> crap the bed on that one. Um, that's a yeah. strong start. If that's your number five and your top five favorite films, I can't wait to hear what's next. What's what's number four? Oh, Pan's Labyrinth. <sighs> what yeah, a great so, movie yes um so i'm pretty into dark fairy tales and i think that's like it just stands out like the whole thing's like a work of art like the visuals um just the story being built on the back of wall yeah. uh, and it being all in spanish is really like nice like it, it's just really elegant like um and then just the, the story of like her escapism um and sort of like doubling the world um, and just the journey she goes on. It's like, it's just awesome. It's, um, it is a gorgeous film. And it's, I mean, Guillermo obviously has made a million like wonderful movies. 
I feel like this is the one that put him on the map, but he did like some pretty interesting stuff before this. Like he did mimic before this, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to think what else he'd done. But he and Devil's Backburn and stuff, but mm. you're absolutely right. And I remember I watched it with Tina. She um showed it to me the first time and she's like, Don't worry about the monsters. So the monsters are cool, but like here's what's gonna upset you, the dress. Um because at one point the girl gets the little dress and she ends up like ruining it from falling to the mud or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and she was right. It was heartbreaking. I was like, oh, no, like the dress. Um, yeah, yeah. And you're right. Like the monsters aren't the scary part. Like you've got that very iconic monster with the eyeballs in his hands and stuff. But like they're not scary. It's the terror of reality that's so terrifying about it. And something that Guillermo does really well, humanizing monsters and making them almost like... Um, the softer you know, kind of part. Yeah. Like they're like, look at the monsters. They're way nicer. <laughs> Um, yeah, do you have in any- Shape of Water? Like Shape of Water is a pretty good example of that. Yeah. I love Shape of Water. Um, do you have any other Guillermo films on your list, or is that the only one? Oh, hang on. Because I want to keep talking about Guillermo, but I don't want to like ruin your list. Oh, if you- yeah, uh, uh, Hellboy. I love the first Hellboy. Um, I am. Um, Hellboy is great. Um, I actually like all of the Hellboy films. Like two, I know why people don't like it, but to me, yeah, like when I, you go on. I, I know. I agree with people, but. Second, like seeing it again and again, I do like it. You know, I do like stand by why everyone doesn't like it. It's the market scene, I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> People hate That's the market scene. market scene. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't know. No, I, I do like Hellboys. I think it was really well done. I haven't seen the new Hellboy. Um, they were trying to like, uh, Ron Perlman was trying to get people to, to like rally for a third one. He's been doing that for years. And I remember like the most recent one, they're like, do you even want to do it anymore? He's like, I'm 70. No, I don't. But he's like, but everyone else wants it. So we should try and get one more done. What I love about that second one is the giant like plant monster. That's like, because I watched that. I'm like, how do we have this, but not Swamp Thing or Poison Ivy? Like this proves that you can do Poison Ivy in movies like properly. Um, Yeah, I really like that second one. I think it's really underrated. I think... The other thing is a lot of people didn't like that Seth MacFarlane was the voice of the waterhead guy. There's a good robot. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was cool. I think it has everything. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think of what other movies. I did watch, um, what was the latest one? Um, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank now. Uh, Nightmare Alley is the newest one, which Nightmare I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Is it any good? It's visually, it's, it's like a slow burn, like a yeah. very long slow burn. It's like visually great. Um, yeah. That sounds I, like I think, that sounds like Crimson Peak to me. Crimson Peak was yeah. very similar where um, it was gorgeous to look at and like it was, but it was very slow um, and not a lot really happened. And I'm pretty sure the brother and sister were in love with each other. That's all I remember from that movie. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember, I remember the... Um, Pacific Rim was okay, but like it's not, it's a bit flashy for my liking. I did think it was cool, but um, trying to remember what other movies he's done. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I really do think that like Pan's Labyrinth, obviously, that and um, and Shape of Water probably is best. Like, I like, I love those, two. and that's not a slam on Hellboy at all. I love those Hellboy movies, but Shape of Water is such a beautiful, like, strangely unexpectedly adult film. Like, I was not expecting it to be as sexualized as it is like it gets pretty full on at times but like michael shannon who plays the villain in that as well um is so good um he's he's good in everything like he's zod in in man of steel and he's um 
he's been like a million things. He's wonderful, but he's so good in that movie. Uh, we, we were talking about pans, though. Um, yeah. Oh, that 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 doesn't surprise me. Like that doesn't surprise us in your list because I know you're a big Guillermo guy. Um, yeah. Nice one. Uh, what do you got next for me? Uh, what we do in the shadows. It's like I like your list. Comedy movie. Um, Every year I watch it, the movie version, not the TV. I love the TV show as well. Like, it's its own thing, which sort of almost tops the movie in its own way. But I, I just love it. I just, I laugh at it every single year that I watch it. My cousin got me onto it. They're like, oh, you know, you're probably like, I know you like that sort of vampire sort of stuff, but I'm um, checking out, you know, that. Um, and it's just, it's just so funny. Like, it's, it's great. Like, you've got, First of all, you've got the Nosferatu-looking vampire, like <laughs> who's like ter- it's legitimately terrifying. Like he had, is scary to look at, but there's so many great lines. Like uh, one of my favorites is uh, "Hey, hey, we're werewolves, not swearwolves." Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like that flight of the Concords, like humor brought over into like a horror sort of spectrum. Um, yeah, um, yeah, it's so well done, and it's so like I don't know, it was an expensive movie to make. Um, it was probably relatively cheap, but they just like used everything they had and just told such a wonderful story. Like I love um, when they go to the dance. Um, that's great. And they've yeah. got their human friend who becomes a vampire and goes crazy. I haven't watched it in a couple of years. I showed it to Tina. Is it, is it a Taika Waititi film? Did he direct it? Yeah, I think they, they uh, Jermaine. Um... I'm going to look it up because I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I should I know this. Well, Taika's the main vampire. I know that. Yeah. Um, let's have a look. This is the most interesting part of the show where I, I stop and look things up. Called, I called him by his, um, for the Concord's name, not the, not the actor's actual, actual name. Uh, yeah, it was directed by both of them. So Jermaine and Taika Waititi. Um, yeah. yeah, Viago, that's right. Um, yeah. It's solid. Like, it's, it's a really, really fun movie. It's a great mockumentary. They do so much with so little in that movie. And Tyker, of course, has gone on to be just hugely famous by making all these amazing large films. Um, not just yeah. Thor, but obviously Jojo Rabbit and stuff as well. Um, yeah. That doesn't surprise me either. Um, you, you mentioned the show, though. I've never watched the series. How's that? Oh, it's so good. Um, so do you remember My Boosh? Um, yes. Do you remember the second boss? I am the... So oh, I take it. I take crowd. You mean? But yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, I take. No, hang on. Father, that guy, yes, Matt Berry. On, I'm pretty sure he's in the Mighty Boosh for a little bit, but in in yeah, no, he's in Mighty Boosh, but yeah. in I take crowd, yes, the second boss, yes, yeah. Um, he plays one of the vampires. Um, yeah, he's great. Right. Yeah, it is so good. Um, yeah, I'm just yeah, and then they got like a, they got a familiar, um, and then the familiar just like they just like sort of like dish it out on him and then they've also got a human in there which is like a um oh I forgot what they call him like a human vampire like a soul sucker he just okay. drains people boredom it's really good <laughs> uh that's great and mark mark yeah. hamill's there is that right oh yeah yeah he's in a few episodes yeah oh, okay, it's cool. really funny it's really funny i think they're up to their third season but it's really good worth checking out yeah i've been meaning to check it out it's just one of those things i just haven't been around to it and like now like now that i've got a kid and stuff like my like my day doesn't start till 7 p.m once she's asleep and then it's like well <laughs> we've got two hours to do something <laughs> what are we gonna do 
And like right now, we're just rewatching episodes of Superstore, which is actually a relatively good show. Like I was, it was way better than I was expecting it to be. Um, yeah, so that's, that's that's three. Um, all right, what's uh, what's number two on your list? Well, this is gonna be a weird one. Um, artificial intelligence. Wow. Uh, tell me about this, because <laughs> okay, tell me about artificial intelligence. Uh, so I think a lot of people hate this movie, but. Um, Me so included, I, I, like yeah. not hate, not hate. I don't hate anything, but uh, it I, is a bizarre pick. Tell me about it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, I I, I had to do some research on it to see what other people think because I thought it was a great movie, um, and it has a lot of history behind it. But um, I love. I I think it's like a. I love the ending. I think it's like a, it's a dark fairy tale as well. Um, that's why I don't like that ending is so depressing <laughs> I love the ending it really like it just really blew my mind I mean I, I mean that that heart-wrenching scene when she like ditches like the kid in the forest I think yeah. that really stayed with me and then like the robots in the um that sort of rally monster truck rally type venue where they're like melting the robots that stuck with me as well um a lot of a lot of cool visual scenes um and then, like, his quest just to be, like, loved. And it's, I really like the, how they um, sort of tackled AI and, um, you know, did it in, like, the form of innocence and um, the journey he took. Um, and just, like, the characters along the way. Like, I really like that as, a like, a heartfelt sci-fi because you don't really get that in sci-fis. Sci you don't get the, the sort of, like, compassionate part mm. when you sort of see sci-fis. That, that's how I sort of feel about it. For me, yeah, sci-fi is normally like, the robots are killing us. <laughs> like, that's yeah, generally yeah. the context so, so. Yeah, so I thought AI, AI really stood with me, uh, stayed with me because, like, um, just you know, uh, just the scenes and that ending, which is which wow. is really cool. There you go. Like, because when you said that, I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever spoken about any about AI to anyone ever. And then when you're like, no, I like it, and here's the reason. I'm like, well, it won't be the ending because that ending is is so upsetting. And you're like, no, no it's, it's, the yeah, ending. it's it's an ending that you don't expect because it's like a bittersweet ending. I should um, watch it now that I'm an adult because the last time I watched it, I was like 19 um, and I was like just terrified of my own mortality when I was 19. So <laughs> like to have like just a boy sitting alone like in the like in the dark like with no one to love and look after him was pretty upsetting. But maybe now like as a, as someone yeah. in my middle age and I'm not contemplating my mortality so much, maybe I'll dig it. Like maybe it'll be as entertaining as Bicentennial Man, which also upset me. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about the ending? Talk about it. Go for it. Now, I haven't seen it, in, as I said, like, since I was 19. So going up, like, 15, yeah, 15 years. So definitely, like, um, tell me about the ending. Go for it. Yeah, so after thinking that, um, uh, I can't really remember, but um, I know that he ends up being frozen. Yeah. Um, I think, like, the, water, the, the earth ends up ending up underwater, um, and he thinks, yeah. he, found, he thinks he, he, he's found his mom. Um, and then he ends up being frozen, and then aliens in like like the very distant future come and unfreeze him and say like you're the closest to humanity that we've found um which is pretty cool because like he's been trying to like be like a lovable human the entire time mm. um, and then they sort of say you know we can you know essentially i think they're, they're putting him to sleep um and they you know they can they say you can have like one memory um to, to sort of like to, to relive and he chooses the one with you know the, the mom and sort of stuff because that's happiness for him that's reality for him yeah and also that's really cool 
but I, I watched this um like analysis on it and they were saying that like I didn't realize they were putting him to sleep. But that's what they reckon this person thought that that's what they were doing. Like they were just showing the memory because it only lasts like um like one day or something. And that's that was them just shutting him down or something. But I'm not I'm not too sure, but it's um it's a really bittersweet ending where it's like he gets what he wants, but it's also very sad. Yeah. So I remember that crushing me. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is a three-hour movie and, like, this is the payoff I get? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's like like getting to the same point, but it's not a forever-type sequence. It's like you get that moment where you've gotten what you want, but it's not really really a happy ending beyond that. It's like that one moment um, where you are considered human and you do get that that feeling again. But, like, it's good because it's, like, the, the villain of the piece is humans in it, and I really like that. Afternoon. I'm cool with that. I, I don't mind that. I, I like that. Um, but, yeah, I remember that little boy. And you know what? I wouldn't be able to watch it now because now I'm a father. Like, I think it would destroy me. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. mind Tina. Like, Tina cried all the way through Paddington too. Um, and I can say that because she said on the first episode that she was in. So, I'm not, like, and, like, that was just, and she just got upset because the bear went to jail. Um, so, I think this movie would legitimately destroy her. Um, it's interesting you know I am surprised this film's on your list but I'm not surprised because robots have played a huge part in kind of our shared history as well like I think about Bender from Futurama which obviously like everyone knows but um, Mm. I don't know if you know if I don't know if your number one movie has robots in it but I feel like you do have a lot of robot movies on your like just in your general like rewatch list like is that right or am I I kind of wrong there um I, I think I do like sci-fi, but I like the weird sci-fi. Like, mm. I don't... Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Did you ever I'm watch... Not, I'm not a big Transformers fan. That's the thing. No, I, I didn't mean... Like... No, no, sorry. Yeah. He's not a Transformers fan guy. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm still a snob about that as well. Um, although I did I did like... Like's a strong word. I did enjoy Bumblebee. I thought that was kind of fun. Because yeah. um, it kind of felt like the Iron Giant. Like, and obviously... Uh, the, right. yeah. the, the, so the Iron Giant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, remember that better film? That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't mind Bumblebee. Um, have you ever seen Ex Machina? Yes. Okay. Yes, I love that movie too. Yeah. That to me is like, that's my, I mean, it's that's also an AI film and that probably is my favourite AI film. Although Upgrade, I really like as well when it comes to um, artificial intelligence. I don't know if you ever saw that one. I like the real old one, uh, Number 5 is Alive. Um, yep. Um, Short uh, Circuit, oh, is that oh, what it was? Yeah, short circuit. Yeah, 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 short circuit. Yeah. Oh, um, there's one more that I can't remember, but I I was raised on their movies. Me and my dad would watch all them sci-fi movies, um, you know the '80s ones. So yeah, robots and uh, yeah, robots. Are like, movie. if anyone could take anything away from this list, it's robots and monsters. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, robots versus monsters. They um, yeah. I'm I'm racking my brain. I'm trying to think what number one could even be. Um, uh, it's a pretty easy one. It's uh, uh, no for Christmas. Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. Um, I think I have to explain why it's number one, though, because it's not a movie to put number one. Um, oh, I think there's a whole, like, army of, like, goth and emo kids from the last 15 years that would disagree. I think they would. And I'm not lumping you in with them because I know you're not. But, yeah. like, that is a cult movie. And it's not by Tim Burton. Everyone thinks it is, but it's not a Tim Burton film. Um what uh tell us about nightmare before christmas i think i saw it like i first saw it as a kid um and i just become completely obsessed with it um and i like i just 
I, I sort of left it for a few years, but then like I had to keep watching it. And then like um and then like I was so obsessed with it. Like it and it just like defined pretty much like what I drew, you know, my interests. Um uh from then on, like just characters. I think it I think it put me down the path that I was on. I think that's why it's so like um it just has a profound like place in my heart because it's like it's like the thing that put me you know on that trajectory um and I, I watch it every year around you know Halloween Christmas it's I think it's a better Christmas movie because like it's like festive and stuff but I just I just mm. think it's brilliant like it defined like a, a style I, I took a lot of learning from that like you know making your own style like um making things like cute and creepy like it, it just it just has a lot there and then the songs are awesome too like it's just it's just a really cool thing there's a lot to unpack there because for those who haven't seen josh's art and if you and we'll, we'll definitely you know uh plug his, his instagram and stuff at the end but you haven't seen his art you might about tell it now but your art is heavily influenced by that and i don't mean like you just copied it like it's easy for people to say that but you didn't but like i remember growing up because you were like the artist like when it, no matter which school we went to, like you always known as the art kid. You were the one who could do the cool drawings and stuff. Um, and it started off definitely very Tim Burton-esque and then became, um, or not Tim Burton-esque, but Nightmare Before Elm Street. Not Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> you can tell I'm tired. <laughs> Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas um, kind of influenced and then became its own thing. But, um, yeah, that's definitely something that I, I associate with you quite a bit. And then the music, you're right. I remember when we were like, I want to say 18, 19, we were like James all of our favorite punk and metal bands covered Nightmare Before Christmas. And like, it was like Rise Against did one. Um, and um, I think Flyleaf and Amy Lee from Evanescence and Corn, yeah. Um, you're like, no, James said the cool one. Said the metal one so they know I'm not lame. <laughs> like, <laughs> Corn as well, yeah. Um, it is a great one. And are you a Corpse Bride fan as well? Do you make that jump? Yes, I I, it took me a long time to really love it as much as I did, you know, Nightmare. But I do, I really like that one too. I wish they would do another one, um, like just have a trio. Because um, I, like I think Corpse Bride, I think the thing that movie suffered from, and I don't mean like it's a bad film, I, I think it's a wonderful movie, but I think one thing that suffered from in its marketing where people were like, oh, well, it's just Nightmare Before Christmas because you know, the corpse bride does look quite a bit like Sally and, you know, mm. you know, uh, Johnny Depp's character looks a little like if, if Jack Skellington was human, he'd kind of look like that. And didn't they both have dogs as well? Like, do they both have like, uh, no, she, no, he had a dog and it went to the underworld. So it's just there. Oh, okay. yeah, oh yeah. I'm thinking of Frank and Weenie. You know I never thought about it like that, but it actually is. It's like literally like a, like a character pool, like it's just like a theme pool. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it is. A, <laughs> but it is a wonderful movie. But yeah, like yeah, Tim Burton didn't direct it. Like I remember, and that took me a long time to realize. Like yeah, that Tim Burton movie, Night Before Christmas, but it was someone else's team or something. It was, I it was based. It, it was based on a poem he did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, he's definitely it. involved in it. On he some, did, I think the guy who you're talking about directed Caroline. Um, yep. Um, he wrote it, and Henry Selick directed the guy who did Coraline. You're absolutely right, and James and the Giant Peach. Um, I didn't realize that the voice of Jack Skellington, or at least the singing voice, is Danny Elfman. It's Danny, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you have to really like listen for it to see, hear the change, but they're pretty. It's pretty close. Um, 
That is, yeah, I, I'm surprised that I didn't guess that this was on your list because as soon as you said, I'm like, of course it is. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, that is a that's a pretty strong list. There are definitely some surprises. I'm glad Prestige was on there. Um, I don't know if yeah. you can I don't know if you convinced me on artificial intelligence, but oh, like I'm glad it, you know I'm glad it's on someone's list because every movie should be on someone's list. I it just stuck with me because I was sitting there. I had a few extra ones. Um, and I was like, uh, but this one I remember, like, and this one inspired me a lot. You know, the other ones, other ones I had on my list was The Mist from, like, a bad ending oh, as well. I love The Mist. It's funny because The Mist has an upsetting ending as well, and I rewatched that yeah. in the last couple of years, um, and that ending is hardcore. Yeah. Like, I remember I saw that. I'm like, this is a great movie. Um, and I don't know whether it's – for those who haven't seen The Mist, first of all, Go ahead and watch it. Like Thomas Jane is great in it, but also like it's one of the most unexpected horror films you'll ever see. You don't expect it to be what it becomes. But that ending, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, stop, go watch the mist come back. Okay, now you've seen it. That ending where he kills his own child with a gun and then three <laughs> seconds later the mist clears and everything's yeah. okay. Jesus Christ. And he's run out of bullets, so he can't even kill himself. It's yeah. so horrifying. Um, yet yeah. I was like, "This is okay." Artificial intelligence. I'm not so sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think I think with artificial intelligence, I like the the emotional depth in that movie um, scattered across. Isn't um, Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine Nine in the mist as well? I think he's like the neighbor. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was what I was looking at the other day. Yeah, um, yeah. The mist almost made it on the list. Uh, on the uh, the mist almost made it on the list. Watchmen almost made it on the list. Oh, I love the Watchmen. Have you ever watched the extent the the director's cut of Watchmen? It's like no, three. I'm going to have to. Yeah. It looked. Oh, I completely forgot about the TV show that just continues after it and how good it was. I mean, I wanted more from it, but it was all right. Oh, it's great. Yes, the, the, the Watchmen TV show like does an amazing feat where it's a sequel to both the movie and the book, but is can work on its own. It's really, really great. Um, that Watchmen movie, the three-and-a-half-hour cut is really good. Um, there's, they cut in the animated stuff, which I think works, is a bit hit and miss, but there's extra stuff in there. It is a longer movie and there's more content, but that's just what Zack Snyder does. It's like, let, hey, let me do my four-hour cut and then you get the movie that I wanted to make. <laughs> like he, He's done it three times now with Watchmen, Batman vs Superman, and now Justice League, and they're all yeah. better versions. So, like Maybe just let him make those long movies. Um Watchmen Fright- and Mist. Wow. Frighteners almost made it on my list as well. Oh, the Michael J. Fox, Peter Jackson movie? Is that yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. That, sounds, that makes sense to me. That would be on your on your runners up. Absolutely. Yeah. And Back to the Future. So they're the ones I struggled with trying to put in because I was like, man, like they're all sort of great. But um, yeah. Now with Back to the Future, um, are you a fan of the whole trilogy or is it just part one and then you're like, oh, I don't care about the other ones? Like, where do you stand on Back to the Future? I, I like all of it. I yeah. just think it's, it's good. And do you have a, do you have a, like, I don't know, we're not talking, this isn't the Back to the Future podcast, but just Back to the Future, I think, has been mentioned on every episode of this show so far. So every time I see someone, it comes up. Do you have a way that you rank them or you're just like, oh, I just have to watch them all and they're all equal to me? Or do you have favorites? How does that, how does that go for you? Number three is the train, right? Yeah. The old west. I think. Yeah. What, what was the, no, no, I think I I do like one, two, and three. I think I like it in that order. Ah, um, see, that's interesting. You're the first person I've heard say, like, not the first person, but like, it, I've been talking about it with people and trying to get an understanding because I agree. One to me is perfect. Like that is a great movie. I go three, then two. 
I think two is the weakest maybe because of the, I just think it's aged poorly because oh. like they like they just got the future wrong and I can't suspend my disbelief <laughs> apparently. Not that they got I the future. Love, I love the uh, the have a future depicted in eighties movies because it's so like over the top and that's why I love it. <laughs> but there's so like there's so many weird storylines how Biff marries his mum and his mum got breast implants <laughs> and like it's all very very weird. Um, whereas Tina she goes two one three, she likes number yeah. two the best and. Uh, uh, and then one to three, where I go one, three, two. But you go one, two, three. That's interesting. It might become a regular question on this podcast where I ask people, okay, rank Back to the Future for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Beck told me that she hasn't seen it. And I was just like, what? That, I mean, look. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah you have. Because I feel like we've watched it briefly on TV, but maybe she hasn't seen it, like, properly. We watch yeah. no, we watch number one every year. That's a like so that's an annual watch. There are a couple of movies you talked about that you you watch these movies every year. Prestige mm. and um and Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, Back to the Future is absolutely one of those. Every year, number one gets to spin. Every now and then, we'll do two and three. Like last year, we did two and three, but one every year. Hot Fuzz every year. Like is another film that we oh, just watch all the yeah. time. Um, and Clerks is for me every year. Like she won't watch it, but um, I'll watch that one every year as well. So, um, mm. Back to the Future is one of those classics. So I just. I'm not like, how dare she not have seen it? But really, she's the same age as us. Like, how did she not see it? <laughs> like, she, like, yeah, she's got a whole different palette of movies. Um, how many times has she watched those Harry Potter films? Because, like, Back to the Future is way yeah. shorter than any one of those movies. <laughs> Honestly, probably like once every three months. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. This isn't the Make Fun of Beck show. It's all good. <laughs> um, nice one. That's, look, that is. What I've loved about this so far is that everyone who I've talked to about their list has been very, very different. Um, and you're right. Like, with the exception of Back to the Future, well, I mean, I guess, and what we do in the shadows, I was pretty surprised. Like, again, like, The Prestige, I'm so impressed The Prestige was on your list because I think it's such a wonderful movie. Um, yeah. Nice one. Um, great. Well, that's your list. All done. Um, so the way we end each show is before we get to your, the plugs and stuff is I like to do a bit of a quick fire rapid question around. Um, you don't need to think too hard about them. Just first answer you can think of. Um, and you will be held, you know, very serious on these. Um, so there's a couple of questions about how you feel about movies. So what was the last thing you watched? Uh, oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, TV show or... Uh, we, we, we go oh, movies, but you... We, we go oh. movies, yeah. I can't remember the last movie watched. It's so much for a rapid fire. Um, no, the teen did the same thing. She's like, oh, no. she was getting really panicked about it. She's like, oh, it's not rapid enough. Yeah, give me, give me two seconds to think about this. That's okay. Well, you can tell me your TV show as well in the meantime. I'm watching Snowpiercer and it's always sunny. Um, <sighs> is it always sunny start up again or is it still... Still going, but we're watching the old episodes. Yeah. Um, just to see what their like how their humors progressed and what characters have sort of continued on. One of my um, favorite um it's always sunny moments, and there's so many, is when um Frank hijacks the boat and he's giving the tour. And it's like over there's where me and Charlie used to play night crawlers, but we're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this literally every season has like these epic classics. Like it's a ridiculous I mean they're going for like I think they're 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 doing the season sixteen now. Yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think Encanto was one of the last movies we watched. How's um, that? Because that looks everyone's talking about Encanto. Everyone's saying it's it, great. It, 
Yeah, it is. It looks deceptive because it looks like another like sort of like cliche Disney movie, but it's actually really great. Um, I was surprised by it because I I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, everyone's watching this, you know, but um, it's really cool. Yeah, I, I'm behind on my Disney and Pixar. I'm trying to think. We watched one episode of um, that Monsters Inc. show and I liked it. We just never went back to it. Mm-hmm. Um but aside, but the actual movies, I'm trying to think what the last Pixar or Disney movie we watched was. It might have been Toy Story 4. Like, it's been a while since I've watched a new one. I haven't seen Luca yet. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit behind. So, But in Canto, I hear nothing but good things. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, what's, what's the one movie that's been sitting on your watch list forever? We've all got one where we just keep putting off watching a movie. Like, oh, I'll get to it eventually. Oh. <sighs> These are really hard questions. Um, He's taking um, this really seriously. He really wants to get the answer. <laughs> yeah, I really want to. I want to. Yeah. Oh, I'm just trying to think. Oh, uh, it's um, I want to watch the extended cut of Justice League. Oh, you haven't seen that one yet? No, that's on my watch list that I need, want to watch and see what everyone, you know, whether it, it holds up like everyone's saying it is. I am. I literally watched it this week. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, that's, that's it's really funny timing, actually, because, yeah, I, um, I, I, I was off work because I was injured. So I, um, I didn't injure myself at work because I just sit at a desk all day. But I injured myself. So I was like, well, I'm going to have lots of time. So I'm going to rewatch Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I really like it. Like, it's definitely... I won't spoil it because um, it's definitely different to the one that we saw in 2017. There's a lot more in it and it's a lot darker and like yeah. the character design and stuff is very, very cool, especially yeah. Steppenwolf. Um, but it probably goes a bit overkill with the slow motion. Um, like if you take the slow motion out, it's probably about a three-hour movie. I'm not even kidding. Like there's a lot of slow motion in it. Yeah. Uh, and like it does, it moves quickly. Like it doesn't feel like four hours, but towards the end, like there's certain things that kind of tacked on like that, might normally be a post-credit sequence, but they just put it all in before the credits. So it does, towards the end, you're kind of like, oh, it's a bit Lord of the Ringsy, where it's like, oh, here's another ending. Oh, here's another ending. Um, but those are my biggest, the, those are my biggest critiques. I love it. I think it's great. Um, mm. We're probably not going to get any more now. I think he's probably done with those and they don't really seem to want him back, but I'm glad we got it. Mm. Um, <laughs> but the good thing is, is if you're watching it streaming, it's divided into chapters. So you can, and I think each chapter is about 30 to 45 minutes. So you can watch a couple of chapters and then come back the next day. Um, or if you watch it on Blu-ray, it's over two discs. So the first disc is two hours and the second one, or the first one's two and a half hours, the second one's an hour and a half. So you can watch it over. And it kind of cuts at a good point as well. So you can do it that way. Yeah. Uh, the first time I watched it, I literally was there for four hours. I was like, I'm going to sit here start to finish. Like, we're going to watch this movie. Um, cool. That's a good one to put on the list. Um, yeah. Are you a movie crier? Oh, I think I'm a secret crier. Like I'll hold it. Depends where I am, but I'll I'll definitely try to hide it. I won't I won't let it let it flow. <coughs> I'm a massive one. I stopped trying to hide it years ago. Like I just I don't really cry in real life, but in movies, like just open the floodgates. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite stories that I share with people, I can't remember if I said this on the podcast before or not, is when I went to saw Toy Story Three with Tina. Um, and if anyone's seen Toy Story 3, you'll know, like, from the opening credits, it's just like, geez, like, they're really trying to make you sad in this movie. Um, and in the incinerator scene where they're all, like, basically, like, 
falling towards their own demise. Um, I lost. I started crying and I had Tina next to me on one side and a little boy on the other side. And the little boy goes, mum, why is that man so sad? Um, like, I was like, you don't get a kid. Like, I was here 15 years ago. <laughs> like, I've been with these toys forever. Um, and I'm a real ugly crier as well. So, like, not only am I like, a loud and, like, obvious crier, I'm also making it look as unattractive as possible. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll uh, get the, the hand up and uh, dust, dust away or uh, yeah. oh, go on to the, the back, the back yeah. stack. <laughs> um, I do stifle it, though. I'll be like... Like I will try to keep it in, but yeah. there's, like there's no those the, those skills are gone. Like I, there's no like it's all just broken now. They just yeah. cry all the I time. I think because it's it, it's like it's easy. I'm really empathetic, so it happens more than it, it needs to. So that's why I'm probably just a, a hider. Yeah, <laughs> I've had no one say no yet. Actually, everyone I've spoken to is like, "Yeah, I'm a movie cry." So I'm looking. I'm interested to see who the first person who says no, I don't cry in movies, um, mm. because at what at that point I'm like, "You even watching them?" Jeez. Um, mm. So I don't know what your answer is going to be to this one. Is there an actor or actress that you will follow to any movie? Is there someone who just like, they're in this movie, I'm checking it out? It used to be Johnny Depp, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was so used to be, and I know, I, I think I know why. Like I think a lot of people are in the same situation there where it just became everything had to be a character everything had to be like makeup and everything like that seems to be the thing that a lot of people had problems with what was the movie that broke you like was there a particular movie where like that's it i'm done with johnny depp or oh what was that one he was like that eccentric billionaire or something that um actually i got a better answer jim carrey i'll watch anything he's in that yeah that sounds like you that's J- yeah, Jim, Jim Carrey and Nightmare Before Christmas are Josh in the teacup. Like, that's it. <laughs> uh, what <laughs> were... Um, so you'll go to anything. Because Jim Carrey, like, has in the last couple of years... That's not even fair. I was in the last couple... Last 20 years, he's done some really serious stuff as well. Like, I think of things like... Um, Truman Show is obviously the one everyone goes to, but, like, The Majestic... Um, number twenty, n- number twenty-three, um, yeah. Kick-Ass, which he is funny in, but he's playing... Like, and I, I know he denounced the film later, but he's playing a lot... A much different role than what you'd kind of see him traditionally in. Um, mm. Is I know I, I think the mask and Ace Ventura, if I remember correctly, kind of like the big ones for you. Is there anything else, or is there anything that you're like I'll follow him? But man, I wish he didn't make that movie. No, no, I like everything that he's done because I'm interested to see what he does um, mm. with his character uh, and the movies given. Because I feel like the movie is sort of like he's constrained. Um, Eternal. Eternal uh, Sunshine of the Swallow's Fine. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely. Episode. What a great That movie. almost made my list as well. Um, yeah. I remember that's um, a movie that I started watching when it first came out. I was watching it with my mum. As people listen to the show, they'll find out I watch a lot of movies with my mum. <laughs> um, but we got like 15 minutes and she's like, yeah, I don't like this. She turned it off and it took me 20 years or so to get back to it. But I finally watched it a couple of years ago and boy, is it brilliant. Like, yeah. so good. Another Another heartbreaking one. And the uh, the TV show with the puppets, I forgot forgot what it was called. Um, Is it the uh, the adult comedy one, Crank Yankers? No, 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 no. He, uh, um, yeah, I'm gonna quickly look this up. I'll uh, I'll also do the the casual search while we're looking. Jim Carrey and <laughs> Jim Carrey and puppets. I oh, just... Mr. Pickles, um, kidding. Oh, I don't. Oh. 
Is that what that is? I haven't watched. Is that, I think it's you have to watch it. It's it's a really emotional show. It's really heavy. Like it's okay. just yeah, yeah. You have to watch it. It's uh, pretty heavy. But uh, I thought he was great in that. It's um, yeah, it's cool. Another one of Jim Carrey that I because I'm not the world's biggest Jim Carrey fan. Like I think he's a very acquired taste. Like he's one of those ones where they like. Because he's so ridiculous. You're either into it or you're not. And I'm maybe one of the few people, I'm not, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm the only one. But like, I kind of walk that line where there's some stuff I really like him in, and some stuff I just can't stand him in. Um, Man on the Moon is is so good where he plays, um, oh, I've forgotten the guy's name now, Guy um, Kaufman. Um, yeah. The guy from Taxi, the actor from Taxi. I can't remember his name now. But Man on the Moon is great. Um, I I actually really like The Cable Guy. I haven't seen it in a long time. And that's one of his more crazy roles. Um, me, myself, and Irene, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember thinking was really good as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I've got a, that's the one where he's got multiple personalities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. They, uh, they totally got it wrong. Like, um, yeah, they totally got it wrong. Oh, that's so I'm good. Just, uh, I'm just quickly looking up his uh, uh he was Riddler in Batman Forever. I like I was thinking about that. I'm like, in a world where we're getting Michael Keaton back as Batman in a couple of movies now, like he's gonna be in The Flash and he's gonna be in Batgirl. Yeah. Like, and there's rumors of Danny DeVito and um Michelle Pfeiffer coming back as Penguin and Catwoman. Like yeah. Why not bring Jim Carrey back? Give him a chance to be a darker Riddler. Like, I mean, look, I don't know if they're going to get as scary as this new Riddler who looks terrifying, but like dressed like the Zodiac and doing sword puzzles or something. But um, I could see like Jim Carrey having another go at the Riddler. That'd be all right. Definitely. Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Liar, liar. <laughs> yeah, liar at the claw. <laughs> uh, he's been a hit. Bruce Almighty. Oh, Bruce Almighty, I really liked. I know that like a lot of people think that was kind of. A bit of a step down for him. That was the film that introduced me to Steve Carell. Um, yeah. Because yeah. he plays like the, the jerk news anchor and stuff. Fun with Dick and Jane was an okay one. It's a bit of a, you know. Yeah, I haven't seen, I've, I've, that's one of those movies that I rented from work, like when I worked in the video store. And I don't think I ever got through it. Like I just, I don't know, I just never finished it. Like I just would see it and then stop and come back to it. Um, yeah, it's pretty weak. Yes Man is a good one. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I know you were, t- I don't know whether, it must have been you. Like, no one else talked about Jim Carrey. Um, I think it was I Love You, Philip Morris was one that came up. I I don't like that one. That's actually one of the ones I don't like. Oh, I okay. Like, uh, I just, I did, felt that was stupid, like even for him. Um, <laughs> incredible Bert Wonderstone, I like. It's like a Yeah, I liked it as well. I, um, like, it's not like, look, it didn't reinvent comedy. It's not going to be like on anyone's, like, best films of all time list. I mean, maybe. I haven't interviewed everyone yet, but I don't think so. But it is really fun. I remember seeing that and thinking, like, yeah. I think I messaged you afterwards. I was like, I just saw Bert Wanderson. Your boy Jim Carrey is really good. And he plays like a real Chris Angel type character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's solid. I thought uh, that was fun. Yeah. Um, um, all right. So next question. And this is kind of a weird question to ask because I'm always like, there's no bad movies. But what was the worst movie you ever saw? Oh, I have to look it up because I actually have a really good one. Um, it's got it's Rob Patterson. Twilight. Not Twilight. Twilight's better than this. Um, it's it's an art house movie. Um, High Life was the worst movie I've ever seen. I haven't everyone, heard of it. And everyone loves it. Um, High Life. 
it is it is like we we could not follow it it was just it just felt like a, like i think art house movies are cool but it just felt like it was un, unwatchable to an extent like i just it just lacked everything yeah i've never um i've never even heard of this um but now i kind of want to see it cuz i'm like well if it's the worst movie Josh has ever seen, then it's got to be worth looking at further. Like, how bad could it be? So I'll, gi- I'll give it a go at some point. I'll let you know how I went. Um, yes, I just, the, I can't, I've never... can't even describe it because I don't even know what happened in it. <laughs> it's a weird cast, man. Like, you have Robert Pattinson and then Juliette Binoche, who's like this, you know, very famous French actress, then Andre 3000 from Outcast. Like, <laughs> that's like, those are your leads. Oh, that's so weird. I definitely want to watch this movie now and see how, how crazy it is. Um, all right. And then uh, last question on the rapid fire, which we've done very rapidly. Um, <laughs> what movie should they never remake? As in like a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I guess either. But like what movie you're like, I don't want them to remake it. That's kind of the way we've approached it. Don't remake that movie. It's perfect the way it is. Oh, yeah. uh, but you're interpreting however you interpret the question. Okay, yeah. I mean, like, I know it's going to happen at some point, but I, I reckon they're going to try to remake Back to the Future. I think uh, that's three three for three. I think you've said that. I think Tina said that. And I think Nick might have said that as well. I think it's uh, coming. I think it's coming. And I just don't think we need to do it. <laughs> because you know how they work. They find a popular movie in the past and then they go after it. And then, I mean, it's like, they. I think they finally got Ghostbusters right with Ghostbusters Afterlife. I think that looks like a really solid movie. Yeah, I haven't uh, checked it out yet, and I don't think I'll get to see it until it's out on DVD um, or Blu-ray, I should say. But my brother-in-law went and saw it, and he goes, look, he goes, if you like the first one, you'll like this. Like, it, it ties in well, and it does look great. Um, but, yeah, you, like Ghostbusters is a perfect example. Like, that third movie um, with, um, with Kristen Wiig and stuff, it's not a terrible movie. Like, I, I watched it, and my biggest – I said to – I think my biggest critique was, like, look, it's just not very memorable. Like, it just kind of feels like... And, like, there was not a criticism of the casting or anything like that. It was just like, eh, it's fine. And it I like the, Yeah, I like the cast. I didn't like the dialogue or the story. Yeah. Um, uh, to me, it's like, why wouldn't you spin this? Why don't you make this, like, a tie-in? Why would, like, instead of being something new, why don't you sequelize it? I remember years ago when um, I was doing a show called Chwoodcast with my friend Tom, we were talking about... This is before they'd remade it and, and everything. This would be, like, 2014, maybe. And I said to him, I said, look, if you ever remake Ghostbusters, if you ever sequelize it again, here's what you do. You get Edgar Wright, the guy who did Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz mm-hmm. and everything. You get him to cast Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, of course, because they're great and everything. And what they are is they're British fans of the original real Ghostbusters. So the events of Ghostbusters took place, but as kids in the 80s, they saw the events in New York and like, we're going to start hunting monsters in Britain. Then yes, you get they, Martin, they, you get Martin Freeman as one of your Ghostbusters. You get Benedict Cumberbatch as the voice of your monster. Um, and you just use, and you have like Alan Rickman as like the old monster hunter. Alan's before yeah. Alan Rickman passed away. And you just do a heavy British cast. And then you can set it like in the woods or the forest, or you can like go to castles and stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. how you sequelize Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. Which yeah, I think the problem with the sequel, like remakes, is they try to get the essence of what was great in the first movies, and then they just sort of miss the point. They sort of you know they grab they, they grab the the shell, not the the point of it. Yeah, well, um, like another good example there's the Mummy, you know, with Tom Cruise, which, by the uh, way, is not an awful movie. It's just boring. Like yeah. I remember, 
Um, I don't know if you watched it or not, because I was like, we're going to launch a whole universe of this. And I watched The Mummy um, because I'll give everything a chance. Um, and I remember sitting there, I'm like, the whole time, Tom Cruise, is, is char- his character is proving to everyone that he's not old. Like, he's a guy in his 50s. He's like, I'm not that old. I'm handsome. I'm fast. I'm, you know. And I'm like, okay, so it's just Mission Impossible. But what if you took Tom Cruise and you play, he, he is this um, uh, archaeologist or whatever. I can't remember what, what he was in the movie. And instead of trying to prove to him how young he is, what if you have this older guy who is now kind of burdened with immortality? And, like, does he want to become the mummy because he is so vain that now he's like, well, I could just stop aging? Or does he accept the fact that he is older and, like, turn it away? Like, to me, I'm like, that, like, kind of like Skyfall. Like, if anyone who has seen Skyfall, like, how James Bond's like, I'm too old to be a spy. Like, that to me is way more interesting than, like, just doing the same thing all over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the mummy is a good example of that as well. Um, there are very I few. I think there are very few. Um, Jumanji, Jumanji works. Oh, I love those Jumanji films. They are perfect popcorn movies to me. Um, mm. They can make the like as long as they keep the quality they're doing. And like you know, again, like they're not gold standard movies. They're just really fun. As long as they're as fun as they they have been, make ten more of them. I don't care. Like. Mm. Uh, that last one with Aquafina, how she's pretending to be Danny DeVito, had me crying oh. with laughter. She's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh-huh. like, I think they didn't they didn't copy it. They just took the theme and made it, it its own thing. Like they just took what was great about the thing and gave it a new new sort of uh, you know coat. Yeah. Uh, look, I'll I'll say something controversial. I actually think they're better than the original one. Like, the original one has Robin Williams, who's fantastic, and you can never replace Robin Williams, but they were limited by what they had. Throwing everyone inside the game and playing with the jungle, um, that to me is way more interesting and way more fun. You can do so many more things. Um, And it's such a solid cast. Like, I'd never liked Kevin Hart until I saw Jumanji. I was like, you know what? All right. He's good in this. I like him. The Rock is like a great leading man. Jack Black, obviously, getting to be a girl in the second i think it was the first movie or the second yeah. movie gets to be a girl like it's it's great yeah yeah um but you're right like for the most part like very few remakes work the only exception seems to be superhero films for the most part like batman seems to be pretty flawless doesn't matter like how many times you do batman it seems to work spider-man same thing like but there, there's like caveats to that though it's like the, the only reason why tom holland's one worked is because they decide to skip the origin story and sort of spin it in a new way mm. I, I mean they did a good, good job with everything else but i don't know i don't know if i can hear the batman origin story again like, yeah, well, and they, yeah, that was when I when I first saw Batman vs Superman. I've talked about this before. The first time I watched that movie, I hated it. I was like, "What is this?" I just didn't get it. Um, and I remember like the opening of that movie is his parents dying in the funeral. I was like, "Oh, again!" <laughs> like, um, I now love that movie, and especially the three hour cut that really works for me. But the first time I was like, "What are we doing?" Um, I don't know what we're going to see in this new one. Um, I imagine they're going to have to touch on it in some way, but it sounds like it's going to be a lot more, a much more younger, reckless, entitled Bruce Wayne, which I'm kind of into because I'm like, I haven't seen that. Like, I haven't, like you get a little bit of it in, in Batman Begins, which incidentally is my favourite Nolan Batman film, but this seems like we can get a lot more into that. Um, nice one. But you're absolutely right. Like remakes for the most part, if they're cashing in, they don't work. If, if it's someone who likes the, who, you know, loved that movie as a kid or like they adore, like they really appreciate that art, it tends to work a bit better. Um, nice yeah. one. We'll, we'll, we'll probably, that, those are all my questions. 
Um, before we go, we should do some plugs. So I don't know how much you're allowed to say um, about about Junklands, but obviously that's a game you've worked on for a while. Um, mm. How's uh, how's all that going? Can you give the the listeners a, a sneak peek, or is it all a bit too in development at the moment? Uh, it's a an action adventure game um, that follows Ra, a um, a sort of cardboard hero that sort of comes across the green orb in like this junk junk sort of world. So it's all themed around like rubbish and all that sort of stuff. Um, and we're sort of trying to like it's it's about the environment in a way. That's as much as I'll say. And it yeah. has like these to like it's it's based around exploring the world a lot. Um, so it has Metroidvania type abilities and elements um, that we're sort of like playing around with. And um, yeah, we want to tell an interesting story and have a really fun game around uh, exploration and adventure. It um it looks great. Um, and I've been a little bit more privy, and that's why I was like, you just say what you want to say because I I, I know quite a bit more about it and I won't say anything because I, I want to leave it for the release so people can enjoy it for themselves but it's already it's gorgeous like it looks great and that's something I that's consistent through your work like for those who haven't played any of Josh's games there's another one on Steam right now called Nom Nom Apocalypse which is basically it's a post-apocalyptic world and all that's left are junk food monsters who have been fought by different restaurateurs with different like uh their their guns are like sauce canisters and, and microwaves and things like that um Pretty and <laughs> it's great look i love it and it's got a real 1950s horror style it's it it's gorgeous and you you never really kind of toot your own horn you're very very modest but josh i would say does it is the majority of all the work on the game. So, like, you like, I know you've got help on this one. You had some help on that, but like, all the art style is you. Most of the programming seems to be you. Like, anything that's not done by you comes under instruction of you. Like, you have almost complete creative control, which is really, really rare in that industry to be able to do that and to be able to do that full time as well. It's very, very cool. Um, yeah, I would say, I would say now though that I'm I'm sitting back a little bit. I got like people are doing more work for me. I mean, in the best way possible. I'm not doing nothing, but it's been good to to be able to just focus on you know uh, developing the world rather than having to make every element. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember when I got to play Nom Nom for the first time, um, or when it had launched. I remember I, I came. I came over because we were meant to go on a flight, and we're going to wrap up the show because we haven't been going for a while. But I'll tell this story. <laughs> we were meant to go to Sydney because Penn and Teller were coming. And then the show got cancelled because Teller broke his back or something. And we're like, oh, we'll just we'll just fly to Sydney anyway. We'll go hang out in Sydney for a, for a night or whatever, and we'll come back. And then our flight got grounded because of the bushfires. And so you're like, look, it worked out all right because Nom Nom launches today. So you're like, you're like, you can come over, but I'm going to my phone for about an hour. And I came over, and you're just like tweeting and like releasing interviews with bloody disgusting and stuff. It was very hectic. And I think Beck was doing promotional stuff as well. Like you were both yeah. running um, which I loved because I was like, this is cool. Like this is something that you've built from the ground up and like you're getting the word out, just the two of with your phones in your hand, like trying to keep the house in order while you're getting, um, it was very, very exciting. So I loved that first game. Uh, and if people haven't. It's like, for me, it's like the first finished game. It's got a lot of um, rough edges. I think it, it was like, I, I definitely feel like it was a learning, a learning um, sort of piece for me. It's one of those ones where, like, 
I think it's very easy to judge because people like we're in such an oversaturated saturated market now where like there's a million games out all the time. So like mm-hmm. you just look at something and be like, all right, well it's it's fine, but it's not Last of Us or something. But at the same time, like if you know the story behind it, which I do, which is how few people are involved and how hard you worked on and what you went through to get that game to be made. So like, and you know, that's your story and you, you can tell that in your own time. But like, um, because it's a long story, it's a great story, but I want to, I don't want to like, I don't want to condense it and sell you short. The amount of work and effort went to that to see that finished product. If anyone knew what went into it, they'd be like, okay, this game is really good. <laughs> like this guy did it all by himself pretty much. Um, and I love the, yeah. Go on, sorry. In general, it's like, I think it's like anything to finish something in like in the industry, just being out of, I mean, any, any industry, being able to finish something on an amateur level is like just like a monumental effort. So that that's what I was happy with, just being able to finish something and see through the other side. And um, not just finish it, but get it out there, like distribute it. Um, you know, that's because that's the next step. Like even people, even writers and stuff, and I fancy myself a little bit of a writer, but I've written and finished dozens of things, but I've never taken that next step. I've never even self-published like on Amazon or whatever. Like I think that's a really hard step to do because you finish it and you're like, great, it's done. I've completed it. Am I ready for the world to see this now? And is, if so, is anyone going to care? Like, and that's I think the scary step that no one talks about. But you you did that. Like you finished it and then you put it out there and um and people play it, which is great. Yeah. That's what's about the end of the day, getting people to play a game. Um, I love the look of Jungle Lands. I can't wait till we can talk about it more. And we'll definitely have Josh back on to talk about it when it's finished. But I imagine you'll be on before then as well. Um, tell them where they can find you. What do you where, what's the Instagram? If it, what's, the, what's the Twitter? On, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, just search for Dead Leaf Games. Excellent. Uh, we will definitely have Josh back on very, very soon uh, because... Ooh. As you can hear, I love talking to him and I love reminiscing about the old days. Yes. Um, in the meantime, go check out uh, Deadlift Games on all the socials. Have a look at the Junklands preview. Go throw down a couple of bucks and play Nom Nom because it's really great fun. Um, until then, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Thank you to Josh for being our guest. And as we say every week, I was a teenage film snob, but I'm trying to be better. See you next week. Bye.